Hello everybody and welcome to episode 4 of Choosing Time. Now today's show is going to be a little bit different because I have two new parts of the show that I'm going to include and these are two games. So let me tell you the order of the show. We're going to start with the writing challenge and I've shortened this a little bit just so we can fit everything in the podcast today. Then we're going to have a bit of a math task. We're going to have two tasks to complete today. Then I'm going to play those two new games. After that, me and Lucy will read you a story, as always. And then I'll give you the answers to the writing challenge. And the same as last week, I will finish by interviewing a new guest. And some of you will recognise her voice very well. And it's not Mrs Rowley this week, it's somebody different. So who could it be, have a think. Right, let's get started. So let's start with the writing challenge. We're going to try and keep it as short and as sweet as possible. We're going to go straight into the work today. So you'll need a pen and paper or a pen and whiteboard. You'll need your listening ears, turn them on, switch them on, shuffle your buttons, get yourself comfortable. And then we're going to continue with the alphabet from last week. So the first letter I want you to write is O, 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 O. Think of that umbrella. The next letter I want you to write is The next letter I want you to write is The next letter I want you to write is The next letter I want you to write is Y, Y, Y. And the final letter I want you to write is Z, Z, Z. So over the past few weeks, children, we have wrote every letter in the alphabet. So give yourselves a big pat on the back. Moving forward with more podcasts, we'll be having a look at some capital letters. So let's move on to some words. And I've got three words this week for you. So let's start with the first one. The first letter I want you to write is sting. Sting. Let me say that one more time for you. Sting. Got ng sound at the end. Phase three digraph. The second word I want you to write is burger, burger. I mean burger, the first er sound we can hear is the phase three er. And actually it's the er in burger. There's a big clue. And then the second er that we can hear at the end of the word is also a phase three digraph. And that is the er uh in rubber. So let me say it one more time. Burger. The third and final word I want you to write 
It's very tricky. In fact, it's got three syllables in it. So listen very carefully. And I'll help you with some of the digraphs. Chimpanzee. Chimpanzee. So at the start, we can hear the ch sound. And that's a phase three digraph, the ch in chicken. So there's your clue. And at the very end of the word, we can hear the E sound from phase three. The E in leak digraph. Let me say that word one more time. I'm going to break it down slowly for you. Chimpanzee. Chimpanzee. Great job, everybody. So to shorten today's writing challenge, I'm going to give you just one sentence. And I'm going to use the word chimpanzee. So you should have already had a go at writing this if you've been listening all the way through. So I'm going to give you the sentence. I'm going to read it out a couple of times. The chimpanzee can swing in the forest. The chimpanzee can swing in the forest. So remember, you start with a capital letter, you have finger spaces in between each word, and then you end the sentence with a full stop. The chimpanzee can swing in the forest. Brilliant. Right, let's get started with some maths and we're going to recap some of our counting from previous weeks. And the reason why we do this, children, is because the more we practice at something, the better we get. It's kind of like in phonics, how every day we always look at the same sounds and we say them quicker and more fluently. And this is exactly the same when it comes to maths. So let's start with counting in ones all the way to 20. Zero. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Brilliant. Now let's have a go at counting in twos like we did a couple of weeks ago. Get your fingers ready. Two, four, six, eight, ten. 12, 14, 16, 18, 20. Excellent job. And to recap the counting we did last week, we're going to count in fives. So again, get the hands ready, get ready to throw five fingers. Here we go. 0, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Well done, everybody, for counting with me so far. And today we're going to learn how to count in a different way. And that is counting in tens. Now, when we count in tens, we must use all of the fingers on our left hand and all of the fingers on our right hand. Because when we put them together, we have a total of ten fingers. So every time we say a number, we've got to throw both hands forwards and flick those fingers out. So, get your hands 
curl your fingers into fists and as you push them forward, open your hands and flick your fingers out and you will see 10 fingers. And that's what we're going to do when we count. So listen to my voice first of all, get used to the rhythm and the pattern and then you can join in the second or third time. We'll do it a few times today. Here we go. Listen to my voice. Switch your listening ears on. Zero, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. So I'm going to do it one more time. If you think you're familiar with this, join in. Get your hands ready. Close your fingers. Three, two, one, zero, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, one hundred. Let's do it one more time, just for good luck. Hands ready. Zero, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, one hundred. Give yourself a round of applause. So, for the next part of our maths task today, now you're going to need some pen and paper or maybe a whiteboard and pen so let me get mine ready as well okay and we're going to carry on with the theme from last week and the theme was pictorial addition when we were drawing you know small circles spots dots however you want to call them we we're going to do the same this week but this week we're going to have a go at subtraction see if you can say that word for me subtraction so when we subtract, we take an amount away and the total gets smaller. So the first number is the amount we have. The second number is the amount we're taking away. And then after the equal sign, we have our new total. So let me think, hmm, hmm. Let's write this down, children. Get my pen. Let's write five. Take away. Two. Equals. And to do the pictorial method. While subtracting. We have to do it slightly different. So listen carefully. And see if you can follow my instructions. The first number we have. Is the number five. And underneath the number five, we need to draw five dots or spots or circles. So that's what I'm going to do now. And if you want to do it with me, have a go. One, two, three, four, five. So I've got five dots for my number five. Now, I'm taking away two. Not adding, not putting them together and making a bigger number. I'm taking them away. So the amount's getting smaller. So instead of drawing two dots for the number two, I'm going to cross out, listen carefully, 
cross out two of the dots underneath the five. So I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to cross out two of those dots that are underneath the number five. So five, take away two, so I'm going to cross two out. One, two. So now I have two dots that are crossed out because I'm taking away two. Now to find the new total, we need to count how many dots are left without crosses on them. Let's count them. One, two, three. So five take away two equals three. So write the number three. Great job. So now we know the method, let's have a go at another one. Let's write down eight. Write down eight. Take away four. Eight take away four equals. So I'll let you write that down. Eight take away four equals. Now our first step to working this out, we need to draw eight dots or spots or circles underneath the first number. The first number is number eight. So let's have a go at doing that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I've got eight dots to represent the number eight. Now I'm taking away four. Okay, I'm not putting them together, I'm not adding any more. I'm taking some away, so the amount's getting smaller. So I'm taking away four, I've got to cross out four dots. So let's cross four dots out. One, two, three, four. Now to work out the answer, I've got to count how many dots are left without crosses on them. So I'm gonna count them. One, two, three, four. So I'm gonna write the number four. Great job, everybody. So I'm going to leave it there this week for the maths, but with the method that I've just explained to you, I'm going to leave you with four more subtraction number sentences to have a go at. So listen carefully. I'm going to leave a break in between each one so you can press play and pause on my voice. Two, take away one equals Four, take away two, equals. Six, take away one, equals. Ten, take away four, equals. For the next part of the show, we're going to have a go at something different, something new that Mr. Morris thought about this week. It's a little bit of a game where you have to use your imagination. So I'm going to describe a scene to you, a scene that you can see. 
Not in your house, but in your mind, using your imagination. And then afterwards, if you want to, you can draw a picture of the scene that you can see in your head. And if you want to share it with me, brilliant. Ask your mummies and daddies to tweet me a picture or email it across. To get started then, I'm gonna need you to close your eyes. And I need you to concentrate on the words I am saying. So, first of all, you are on a beach and you have no socks on, no trainers or no flip-flops and you can feel the sand on your feet. You can feel the wind blowing gently and you can smell the burgers. The burgers from the burger van and the donuts. Everybody loves a donut. And with your eyes closed, I want you to picture this. You're looking <clears throat> out in the sea and you can see sandcastles on the floor. You can see People, children, adults, playing games with bats and balls. Behind them, past the sand, you can see the sea. And people are swimming in the sea. Not too far out, but they are swimming in the sea. Further back than the people swimming in the sea, right out far, you can see a boat floating on top of the sea. You look up slightly with your sunglasses and in the sky, it's nice and blue. And you can see the sunshine, the sun shining brightly. But within that blue sky, you can also see just a few, just a few clouds. So to recap what you can see, you're standing at the top of the beach and you're looking towards the sea. What you can see in front of you, there's sandcastles, people playing with bats and balls. You can see people swimming in the sea. You can see a boat far out at sea. You can see a blue sky in the air. The sun shining. And a few clouds. So, if you enjoyed using your imagination and you just enjoyed that image in your head, brilliant. If you want to take it further and have a go at writing that picture, rewind back a little bit and listen to my voice once more and see if you can start to slowly draw all of those different things. The sandcastle, the people playing with bats and balls, people swimming, the boat out at sea, we've got the sun in the sky, we've got the clouds in the sky, and of course, the blue sky itself. If you do draw this picture, I look forward to seeing them.
for this next part of the show, we're going to play the second game that I've thought of. I'm going to say I th- I've thought of it. I haven't really. This has been inspired by some of you parents at home. So thank you very much. I thought it was a great idea. And what I'm going to try and do, children, I'm going to try and describe some items. And before I tell you the answers, I'm going to give you clues. So before I say them, I want you to try and shout out the answer at home and guess. So I need your listening ears at all times. So let's get started with the first item. The first thing I'm thinking about is a fruit. Now this fruit is long and it's yellow. It has skin that we need to peel and it's sweet in taste. If you've not got the answer yet, the final clue is monkeys love to eat this fruit. And the fruit is a banana. This time, I'm thinking about a vegetable. Now this vegetable, it grows in the ground. And if we want to, we can peel the skin on it. Using this vegetable, we can make chips. Or sometimes we put them in the oven and call them Jacket. Did you guess it? Jacket potatoes. Well done. This time, I'm thinking about a type of animal. And I think the last clue might help. This animal has fur. It also has four legs. Most of them have tails. And sometimes we take it outside for a walk on a lead. You guessed it, it's a dog. So the final thing to guess today, and I'm thinking of another animal. Now this one wouldn't be a pet. Actually, to see this animal, we need to go to a zoo. The animal is yellow, mostly, and has brown and black spots. And its neck is really, really long. Did you guess? Of course. It's a giraffe. The story we are going to read you today is Little Red Riding Hood. Now I know you've read this story a few times over the past few weeks, but the story that we're reading you today is slightly different and the words and the things that happen within the story are slightly different, but it still has the same theme. So, as always, turn your listening ears on, 
wriggle your bottoms, get yourself comfortable, and listen to the story. Once upon a time, there was a little girl who was loved by everyone. Her grandmother was so fond of her that she liked giving her presents. She made her a beautiful cape and a hood of red velvet. The little girl liked it so much, she never went anywhere without wearing it. In time, everyone began to call her Little Red Riding Hood. Little Red Riding Hood lived with her mother and father in a small cottage near the edge of the forest. Her father was a woodcutter and worked all day long in the forest. Little Red Riding Hood loved her grandmother just as much as everybody else. Nearly every day she would walk along the path in the forest to visit her. One day, Little Red Riding Hood's mother said, Little Red Riding Hood, I have put some cake and a bottle of blackcurrant juice in this basket. I want you to take them to your grandmother. She is ill and they will make her feel better. Keep to the path and don't wander off, warned Little Red Riding Hood's mother. Don't worry, I shall take care, promised Little Red Riding Hood. And she took the basket and waved goodbye to her mother. Before she had gone very far along the path, Little Red Riding Hood met a wolf. She had never seen a wolf before and did not know how much of a wicked creature he was. She thought he was a large dog and at first she wasn't afraid. Good morning, Little Red Riding Hood, said the wolf. Good morning, sir, she replied. Where are you going so early in the morning? asked the wolf. To my grandmother's, Little Red Riding Hood replied. And what have you got in your basket? the wolf asked. A cake and some blackcurrant juice, she said. Grandmother is ill. My mother has sent these to help her feel better. Where does your grandmother live? Little Red Riding Hood, continued the wolf. Just a little further in the forest answered Little Red. Her cottage stands under three large oak trees. What a tender young creature this is, thought the wolf. She will make a more juicy mouthful than the old woman. But if I am cunning, I might be able to eat them both. So the wolf strolled along beside Little Red Riding Hood for a while. Look at all the pretty flowers under the trees, he said. Aren't they beautiful? And can you hear the birds singing? You should stop and enjoy the pleasure. Then the wolf said goodbye and quickly set off for Grandma's cottage. Little Red Riding Hood did as the wolf suggested and she looked around her. The forest was indeed a lovely place. The sunbeams danced through the trees. The ground was carpeted with beautiful flowers and overhead the birds were singing merrily. I shall pick a bunch of flowers for my grandmother, thought Little Red Riding Hood. This will definitely cheer her up. So she wandered further and further from the path, gathering the prettiest flowers she could find. By now, the wolf had reached Grandmother's cottage. 
He knocked at the door. Who is there? called Grandmother. Little Red Riding Hood replied. The wolf, in a high voice. I have brought you cake and some blackcurrant juice. Press the latch, open the door and walk in, my dear, said Grandmother. I'm so weak that I cannot get up. The wolf pressed the latch, opened the door and walked in. Without saying a word, the wolf went straight into the cottage. He grabbed Grandmother and hid her in the cupboard. Then he put one of her nightdresses on and her nightcap and pulled down over his eyes. He drew the curtains and he got into bed, pulling the bedclothes right up to his chin. Then he waited for Little Red Riding Hood. Meanwhile, Little Red Riding Hood had wandered far from the path, for the loveliest flowers seemed to be the furthest away. When she had gathered a pretty posy of flowers, she returned to the path and went on her way. When Little Red Riding Hood arrived at her grandmother's cottage, she was surprised to find the door wide open. Good morning, Grandma, called out Little Red Riding Hood as she went inside, but she got no reply. As Little Red Riding Hood went into the cottage, she felt rather uneasy. She went up to the bed and she drew back the curtains. There lay her grandmother, with the yellow cap pulled down over her eyes. And the bedclothes were pulled up to her chin. She was looking very strange. Oh, grandmother, cried Little Red Riding Hood, what big ears you have. All the better to hear you with, my dear, came the reply. Oh, grandmother, what big eyes you have. All the better to see you with, my dear. Oh, grandmother, what big hands you have. All the better to hug you with, my dear. Oh, grandmother, what big teeth you have. All the better to eat you with. With these words, the wolf jumped out of bed and tried to gobble up Little Red Riding Hood. She ran. He then climbed into bed and fell fast asleep. Just as Little Red Riding Hood ran out of the cottage, her father, the woodcutter, saw her running from the house. He heard the awful noises from inside the cottage. He ran inside with his axe and he found the wolf hiding in Grandma's bed. You wicked creature! And with rage, he hit the wolf over the head with his axe. The wolf cried out in pain, and he ran out of the cottage as quick as possible. The wolf was never seen again. Little Red Riding Hood's father looked around the cottage for Grandma. Luckily, he found her in the cupboard. Oh, how frightened I was, cried Grandma. Then Father helped Grandmother out of the cupboard. She was alive, but feeling very unwell. Little Red Riding Hood and her father put Grandmother back into bed. They gave her some cake and a glass of blackcurrant juice. Soon she was sitting up and she was feeling much better. They were all so relieved to be alive and well after the incident with the wolf.
Little Red Riding Hood's father took his daughter's hand and led her back home. One, when Little Red Riding Hood's mother heard their story, she was so shocked and she gave the little girl a big hug. Little Red Riding Hood promised that she would never wander off, off the path ever again and that she would never talk to strangers ever again. And she never, ever did. The, the end. end. I think it's time to give you the answers to the writing challenge. So let's go back to the letters. We'll start with the letters and I'm going to tell you the formation to each letter. The first letter I wanted you to write was O. To form O, we need to whoosh, go down and under, up to the top and draw the puddle. The next letter I wanted you to write was V. v. To form V, we need to think of that vulture. And we whoosh, go down a wing, up a wing, and whoosh out. The next letter I wanted you to write was w, w, w. To form w, we need to think of that worm, don't we? And we whoosh in, and then we go down, up, down, up, and whoosh out. The next letter I wanted you to write was to form x, we need to whoosh, and then we go down the arm and leg, down the arm and leg. The next letter I wanted you to form was y, y. To form y, we need to whoosh in, and we go down a horn, up a horn, under his chin, and loop. And the last letter I wanted you to form was z, z, z. And this one we think of the zigzag, don't we? So we whoosh in, and then we go zig, zag, zig. We think of that zip. Let me do it one more time. Whoosh in, zig, zag, zig. Thumbs up to all of you. Let's move on to the words. Now, the first word I gave you was sting. So let me break it up for you. Sting. Sting. The ng is a phase three diagraph, remember. Let me do it one more time. Sting. Sting. The second word I gave you was burger. Burger. And I explained about the two phase three diagraphs, didn't I? So let me break it up. B, uh, g, uh, burger. So it's b, uh, in burger. B, uh, g, uh, uh, in rubber. So two sounds that sound the same, but they look different. Burger. B, uh, g, uh. 
The last word I gave you was chimpanzee. And this has three syllables in it. So let's break them up slowly together. First part of the word. Chim. Ch. It. Mm. We've got that ch diagraph, haven't we? The ch in chicken. So, ch, it, m, chim, p, a, m, pan, chim, pan, z, e. The e in league, phase three diagraph. So I'm going to break it all up and I'm going to put it all together. Ch, it, m, chim, p, a, m, pan, chimpan, z, e, z, chimpanzee, chimpanzee. Now to finish, we had the sentence, didn't we? And the sentence was, the chimpanzee can swing in the forest. So we're starting with the tricky word, the, with a capital T, remember? The chimpanzee. Now, I've just broke that word up for you, haven't I? So, so far we have the chimpanzee can, k -a -n can, the chimpanzee can swing, 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 swing. Back to the beginning. The chimpanzee can swing. In, nice and simple, in, 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 in. Back to the beginning. The chimpanzee can swing in the. It's that phase two tricky word again. The. Back to the beginning and then we have our last word. The chimpanzee can swing in the forest. Listen carefully. Forest, forest, and again, forest, forest. Let me read it all together. The chimpanzee can swing in the forest. Great work, well done. morning miss davis can you hear me yeah i can excellent stuff right first and foremost thank you for coming on the show oh, it's appreciated. Not <laughs> i know last week that we had um, mrs rowley on and some of the children were very pleased to hear her voice so they'd equally be as pleased to hear yours today oh bless you thank you <laughs> excellent stuff so what so what we do is similar to mr ayers really um just gonna ask you a few questions and then we'll fi we'll finish by playing a little bit of a game that the children can relate to um Sounds obviously good. it's been well for me it's been nine weeks so i think for everyone else it's been about eight weeks yeah. and you know we've got i suppose we've got a lot to talk about in terms of what we've been up to and how we are so yeah first of all i just wanted to ask how you are generally how you're feeling and then what have you been up to in your spare time when you're not doing your daily emails or creating mm -hmm. work for the children 
Um, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, we've we've got to be, haven't we? We've got to remain positive and optimistic during these times. Um, to be honest, I've been keeping myself really busy. Um, I don't like sitting still for too long. Um, so I've been out and about in the garden as much as I can. I've been doing lots of arts and crafts in the house. Um, also a little bit of decorating um, and also keeping busy with lots of cooking. Um, so yeah, been doing lots of things really. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. And the point you've just made there about cooking, that leads on to my next question, really. What oh. I did ask Mrs. Valley last week was <laughs> what was the most interesting thing that you cooked or baked during um lockdown? Wow, I'm a bit of an inventive cook, really. Um, I own loads of cookbooks. Um, I love watching cooking TV programs um, like Great British Bake Off and MasterChef. Um, but actually, I'm quite experimental. I love to get into the kitchen uh, and try lots of new recipes or create lots of new ideas. I'd say probably the most experimental thing that I've tried Um is probably um, a Thai curry. I absolutely love making curry. Um, and I've made my own curry paste and I've, um, yeah, made my own Thai curry. Um, apart from that, I've been doing lots of baking, which I don't normally get time to do. I've made lots of cookies. I've made lots of cakes and many scones, especially for VE Day. Um, so, yeah, I've enjoyed my time in the kitchen. That sounds excellent. I think I think with your baking and... <laughs> Obviously, I haven't discussed it yet with the children, but um, with the new smoker that I brought recently, I reckon we could put um, a really good spread on when all this is over back in school. Definitely, so, you know, definitely. A really big celebration. <laughs> and, and another question I've got, and my answer's actually changed um, for this question based on the past seven days. I asked Mrs. Rowley what was the most interesting thing that she's brought online, and I explained that I've brought some sliders that are almost like rainbow colour that you know are quite funny. But actually, within the past few days, I've brought um, a massager um, because I've got I've, I've got, <laughs> got a bit of a bad back at the moment. So it's almost like a it's almost like a little gun that moves really fast and it, it presses against your muscle. So I think for me that is the most interesting or un unusual thing I've bought so far. So I was just wondering what is the most interesting or unusual thing that you have brought while in lockdown. Wow, actually mine's changed as well within the last few days. Um, up until recently, the most interesting thing that I bought was actually a paddling pool, not for myself. Um, it's actually for my dog, Simba. Um, I don't know if reception children know about Simba, but I actually own a cockapoo who um, often features on my Twitter account. Um, and during the really warm weather, we were looking at him with his really, really long coat and feeling very sorry for him. So we bought him a, a paddling pool. He has had a swim across and luckily he didn't uh, do too badly. We did guide him across. So, yeah, that was the most bizarre thing that I've purchased. However, recently I've actually bought um, some plectrums online. Um, believe it or not, a couple of weeks ago I had a go at playing the guitar. Um, I wasn't very good. I can't say I can play um, a song just yet. Um, but, yeah, we needed some more plectrums to save my fingers. So we ordered a few um, online and they've recently recently arrived no way that sounds excellent i couldn't do that myself I <laughs> that i'm not that brave i'm not it's, that brave. it's a lot harder than it seems believe me <laughs> i can just stuff, about, yeah. mate i can just about play one note <laughs> that does sound good you'll have to um you have to send me some pictures of your dog actually because my children are very familiar with the 
the three dogs that live at my mum and dad's house, uh, Mario, George, and Fitch. But I'm not I'm not too sure they're aware of Simba. So if you could, uh, oh, definitely. Photographs, I'll, I'll I'll include them in my daily. I will do. I will. Right then. So I suppose to finish, um, it's a game inspired by Mr. Air, and I'll always say that because I can't take the credit for it because I played it when I was on his show for the first time. <laughs> Apparently, it's a game from Anton Deck on their game show years ago, and you just <laughs> you have two answer, you have two options, and you just have to pick one. So I've chosen a few things here. I've added a couple of new ones in this week, um, stuff that the children can relate to. So you don't have to justify your answers. You don't have to tell me why. I'm just going to give you two options, and you have to choose which one you prefer. Okay. Yep. Far ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, no problem. Um, start with then fruit or vegetables. Oh, actually vegetables. Okay. Um, the choice of uh, bowling or the, going to the cinemas? Cinemas, definitely. Sounds good. Uh, a tough one, sweets or chocolate? Oh, chocolate all the way. <laughs> that seems to be a common theme, actually. I think some of the children would agree with sweets. <laughs> uh, a, new one, a new one that popped in this week, uh, writing or reading? Oh, that's another tricky one, Mr Marsh. I have to say, possibly reading, because if you can't read something, you find it hard to write it down. So, yeah, reading, it unlocks your imagination, doesn't it, reading? So. See, I like that. It's a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, another new one, numbers or shapes? Numbers, definitely. Okay. Controversial one, alpha blocks or number blocks? Ooh, that's another one. Um, alpha blocks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not commenting. <laughs> I do agree. <laughs> um, going swimming or a trip to the park? A trip to the park so I can take Simba. Choice. <laughs> uh, running or walking? Oh, definitely walking. I haven't been on a run yet and I've promised myself for the last eight weeks I would and I, I haven't yet, so it's got to be walking. I said I wouldn't comment, but a lot of adults <laughs> seem to be going with that common thing as well. <laughs> I think there's only Lucy and, and the children themselves that have said that they enjoy running over walking. <laughs> Um, and the last one, a new one I've put in this week, um, some children may drink this or not. Um, I know all us adults do. If you had a choice between tea and coffee, which one would you have? Oh, definitely coffee, especially flavoured ones. To be honest, I've missed going to coffee shops and, and sitting there and watching the world go by. So I've got to go with coffee. See, now I'm, I'm, I'm quite sad, Miss Davis, because um, I included this in one of my daily emails this week um, and I sent the picture I sent a picture to the children of my current setup, and I have, in fact, you you brought me this. Um, it's a little pot of cookie dough coffee. Oh, so, yes. with the cookie, yeah. so with the cookie dough coffee, I've got my, you know, those drops that I use in the staff room. Yeah. Got, so I put vanilla drops in, and a new one I've purchased, uh, peanut butter drops. So it's not actually got any peanut butter in it. It's just an artificial flavour. So you end up with a, um, a cookie dough, vanilla, peanut butter coffee. Oh my, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, that's my current favourite, so I'll have to treat you to one of those. When, Definitely. Uh, when we're allowed out of the house. And I'll, do you know, I'm, I'm going to apologise, I've missed one, and it's the most important one, actually. Um, there's, a bit of, there's a bit of a scenario to this one. Do you imagine you've got no dinner, you've got no money to pop to Tesco, okay, so it's an IOU from the kitchen. It's <laughs> Friday, which means pizza and chips or fish and chips, what would you choose? 
Ooh, can I go with jacket potato? <laughs> you can actually, yeah. <laughs> jacket potato and salad, please, from Kay. <laughs> that's my go-to on a Friday. <laughs> See, I'm gonna, no, that's a, that's, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Um, my intention is to hopefully interview Mr. Marsh in the future. And it's going to be quite funny when asking that question because he, he doesn't have either, does he? He has both. He's a bit yeah, sneaky. he does. I've noticed. Yeah, um, he sweetens K up a little bit. So he has pizza and chips and fish and chips. And then all the leftovers as well. <laughs> very true. Very true. Right, that's everything from me, Miss Davis. Um, I'd just like to say a very, very big thank you for coming on the show. I'm thank sure, you for sure inviting me. I'm delighted to hear your voice. Oh, thank um, you. You got any plans for this weekend? Um, not sure, really. Probably taking Simbra out on some really lovely long walks now that we're allowed a little bit further from home. Um yeah apart from that just carrying on and <clears throat> being optimistic really so sounds very good well fingers crossed for some good weather then and you can oh, thank, some you. thank you take care mr march bye. bye 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 that is the end of episode four i must admit i've really enjoyed recording this episode i think my confidence is definitely building children i remember the first podcast that i ever made for you guys i actually had a script so i wrote everything up i typed everything up and i was just reading off the computer whereas this one actually other than a few notes such as the the words that were spelling and the sentences that we're writing i haven't wrote anything down i've just completely said everything natural so thank you for the support. Thank you for enjoying the podcast and listening to them. I'll be back next week with a fifth podcast. And next week, because we're going into half term, the podcast will be slightly different, okay? It'll be more enjoyable. It won't be, it won't be so work-focused. So I hope you all have a lovely weekend. If you're listening and it's Friday, I want you to all take care and I will speak to you soon. Bye.